Hello and welcome to Friends in Your Ears, a podcast where podcaster Kath Campbell interviews podcasters about their favorite podcasts on a podcast. I am joined today by two amazing guests. I have with me Jeremy Salmon and Josh Weaver. Hello, gentlemen. Hey, what's going on? Hello, how you doing? We're doing fantastic. Well, let's go ahead and get started with some introductions. Jeremy, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me at, I host a show that comes it comes out sort <laughs> if when it's when I'm lucky, it comes out every couple of weeks when I'm not more of almost like once a month. It's called giving the mic to the wrong person. You can find it at soundcloud.com slash giving the mic or on Twitter at at giving the mic. M-I-C facebook.com slash giving the mic and uh, most social outlets through there. Yeah. And what about you personally? Yeah, if you want to, if anybody wants to get a hold of me, you can find me. See, the the show's Twitter is at giving the mic. My own personal one is just is Jeremy in PDX on Twitter with uh with underscores in there, or you can always just email giving the mic at gmail dot com. Perfect. Can I ask a super super quick question to those from Portland? Yeah. Yep. I I'm not. And how does Portland equal PDX? Well, don't ask difficult questions on this okay all right i apologize that's that's always bugged me it's the airport code right so pdx is the air the airport code and it makes more sense than like orlando's which is mco oh yeah that's even less sane and we just kind of grabbed onto it and we're like hey this is cool we will use pdx right nice you you can really be por as the por is uh is other portland yeah okay all right yeah, well, I mean, DTW is Detroit, and that sounds like down to something. I don't, I don't even... Down to wish. There um, we go. There Detroit, we go. Detroit Wayne, because uh, it's yeah. in Wayne County. I lived in, uh, I lived, uh, before, I lived in Ann Arbor before for 10 years before I moved out That's here. That's where I'm at right now. That's crazy. It's all, a small yeah. world after It really is. Or Kathy's going to research. One of those two. Uh, the- sure. It was absolutely yep. research. Definitely not by chance whatsoever. Shoot that one up for you. Well done <laughs> on the research. Well, every, yeah, every, um, every, every, every city has its own kind of like what, um, uh, uh, shortened, you know, shortened designation. Oh yeah. I mean, Ann Arbor is a squared. A squared. A squared. I I've heard, uh, I think my favorite so far is Lady Anne. So that's, that's what I'm going to hold on to for a while. I live in Lady Anne. Where's that? Ann Ann Arbor. It's the dumbest of all of them, but. Lady (laughs) Anne. That's that one. I would not, uh, that one. I would not. I guess I wouldn't prefer that because I always I was considered it more of like more of leaning on the uh, leaning on the uh, on the on the arbor the side. Arbor part, okay. Yeah. No, I, I totally get that. I spent the last ten years in Vegas, and it's wonderful going from the desert to nothing but green, green <laughs> and flat. <laughs> sorry, I'm totally interrupting, Jeremy. I know. How dare you? I'm so sorry. That's it totally a yeah, podcast. Yeah, so. yeah, we have a, we have a, yeah. Well, my own show is uh, let's just say violently unstructured. So. <laughs> oh boy. Violent and swearing, it's all good. Well, yeah, it's it's kind of a thing. It's more like we have a particular topic, but it's the topic is just kind of like a like you, you know it's something to start with with a couple of co-hosts and like a guest, and it's why um like we had like we had one guy on uh, we had Ian Williams on who was a writer for he I mean he writes a he writes a column on pro wrestling for Vice and he also he's also writing written about um um you know unionizing game devs. 
and also just you know like the you know the, looking at geek culture through much more like a leftist or Marxist uh, idea. We had him on, and we we started talking about. I think everything from like, you know, at one point we were going as between his memories of Dusty Rhodes growing up to how much he really enjoyed uh, Warhammer 40K to like (laughs) how you you can understand, you need to understand, like a a constant theme in my show is how you can understand, you need um, a basic knowledge of pro wrestling to understand American politics. And like, Ah. you know, because uh, because both Vince McMahon and Trump kind of came up at the same time in the same era in the same city. And fought each other. Oh yeah, Trump fought McMahon a few times. Oh yeah, well, camera. <laughs> the WrestleMania four was at a Trump casino. They were both, uh, they were both like you know, kind of. Uh, I wouldn't exactly call them fail sons, but um, they were both kind of like, you know, the, mul- the millionaire kids of extremely abusive, psychopathic, yeah, yeah. you know, business magnates, and they had to both make their own names for themselves in eighties Manhattan. And so that's can- the only thing. That is the only thing. I enjoy about Trump is the fact that he's literally the only president to go on WWE and <laughs> fight and throw a chair at somebody. That's the only thing I like about him. I'm not going to get into that whole topic. It's the only thing that I'm just like, okay, if I was president, that'd probably be one of the few things that I would try to do is get myself on <laughs> WWE Monday Night Raw. That's the only thing that I'm okay with. The rest, hate him. Anyways, sorry, continue. So uh, I think this might be the the longest uh, pre-intro intro intro, uh, we've ever had. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Keep us on track, Kathy. Yes. I feel like Jeremy and I could start a whole podcast about interrupting your podcast. I know, right? So so sorry. I'm just happy I'm I'm not going to be the – I'm not the one who has to edit this one. Like, all right. (laughs) Yeah, 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 thanks. It's Jeremy's turn. I'm gonna I'm gonna drink my water. Well, okay. no, I think it is actually just about your turn, Josh. If you would like to introduce <laughs> yourself and let us know where you, uh, we can find you. More. Yeah, Josh, go right ahead. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, sure. So uh, my name is Josh. I host the podcast Noodling with Josh, which is very much a uh, an interview focused podcast. I have a ton of very interesting, fun, weird friends over my many years, many travels, and uh, I like telling their stories. Um, and I kind of intermingle mine as we go, but it's all, um, if you want to follow my personal, it's Josh the Weaver on Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud, and then Noodling with Josh. I just started that probably two days ago on Twitter. Totally forgot about that, that I should have myself and my show separate. So, uh, <laughs> anywho, uh, if you want to be the second or third follower to twitter.com slash Noodling with Josh, I would love it. Awesome. Bring it on. <laughs> Bring it I on. Know, right? I'm gonna get that. Uh, I'm gonna get that bump. Yeah, yeah. You gotta suck that up as much as you can. Yeah. yeah. All right. I, I will give you good measurements afterwards. Perfect. On what the friends in your ears bump looks like for my very specific interview podcast Twitter. Love it. Love it. <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's get to the first question now that we're 45 minutes into the podcast. And, oh my god, uh, are we really? Oh, no, not really. Oh, <laughs> we're like 10, but it's all good. Uh, Jeremy. How did you start listening to podcasts? I'd say the the actual year, the year was two thousand nine. No, my, I think <laughs> my, what I think just as a bit of a backstory, like I had always been very very into um, very into just listening to things in headphones from grade school on. Grew up in a musical family. Uh, always, you know, was a massive tape head forever. Uh, when I finally got to uh, finally got to Ann Arbor, I would always have my um, my headphones in and listening to everything from like you know walking around with music on or listening to like a lot of NPR, listening, and then eventually getting into college radio 
which is important. And so always listening to a lot of that. And, I love college radio. <laughs> yeah, no, I was I had a, I had a radio show on WCBN FM Ann Arbor for almost six years. Like even like oh, wow. after, so like you know always listening. So it's kind of a thing where. Uh, you know, and growing up, like, you know, being a big fan of like classic rate, like old timey radio shows. So that was always a great thing. But it wasn't until I think it was didn't really get it because I remember kind of hearing about podcasts, but I never had like I never had an iPod until or any sort of like MP3 player until like, maybe like 08 or 09. Wasn't until I think it was after after Howard Stern switched over to, to satellite radio, mm. the West Coast replacement for him was Adam Carolla. Yeah. In, okay. So, yeah. In the years before Adam went real nuts, um, or I should say, he was on his way to being. Uh, it was he was on his way, but he wasn't there yet. But anyway, you see, so he did the morning morning drive show, and and eventually, and because he also he had on a lot of great people. Like that's how I like first started hearing, you know, uh, hearing like Dana Gould or mm-hmm. Kale on there, and then eventually after. What was it? I think in early '09, the flagship station down in Los Angeles, I guess you know, flipped formats, and Adam went off there, and even then, he just said, you know, you know, I'm going to start this podcast thing. And by that point, I had I had uh, I had my uh, I had an iPhone, which had that the horrible but still you know automatically uh, installed podcast app. So I kind of went on iTunes. <laughs> okay, how do you get over there? Oh, hey, there's a tab here for podcasts. What's in here? So I started just by listening to, um, to Adam Carolla and then it, because I was always, I grew up like a massive fan of comedy. I started finding like all these comedy podcasts and that was kind of a thing in the, the so I, so I, it, be, between having a couple shows to listen to, having an iPhone that had AT&T's, um, if you remember when iPhones first showed up on AT&T, you could buy unlimited data for mm-hmm. very cheap, which means, you know, hey, I can just stream the stuff endlessly. Plus, I was working a job as a as a field service engineer for a um, for like an, a security and fire alarm company, smaller ones in Northeast Portland. So I was driving around a lot in, you know, always in the car. So I always needed something to listen to. And that's how I really got hooked into it. And it, it, it became the point where yeah, I think it's the thing where, you know, it's like it left. Podcast became like the, the 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 most media format I consumed for like the next god like nine years now. Yeah, especially since it was so easy to access once you had the iPhone and you could just push a button and it was there and it was free and oh, you yeah. could try it out and if you didn't like it you didn't you know you didn't spend fifteen dollars on an audiobook that you then are like. You, it's useless. And because of course you couldn't necessarily return them. Audible yep. now does a better job of that, but like there was no stress, there was no pressure and you could probably, you could pretty much find other things that you enjoyed even though, and now with all of the other great players out there, it's even easier to find shows that you enjoy. Uh, but yeah, man, that iPhone and the magic of just pushing the button made it so much easier. That and yeah, and, un, and unlimited data. Yes, and unlimited yeah. data. And also, I wish this, but also the the fact that uh, comedy podcasts had become enough of a thing that they, there were, there was already like kind of like rough networks forming. So you so you listen to a lot, like a lot of like comedy bang well comedy death ray out of Los Angeles before that became comedy bang bang and that kind of 
and like all the the, uh, the collection of shows that, that spun out. Yeah. And it was just um, it was if it was the, it was the same effect as like of like you know getting into you know in the in, a, in the analog era like getting into punk bands through zines. Whereas like you listen to one band, you found out yep. another. We're like friends yep. with them, and you you just go from there. It's and that's uh, that's how it worked for podcasts for me. Brilliant. And the, and oh, also at one point I think we should t- mention the godsend that is the speed up the smart speed or <laughs> that, yeah like like one point five time, uh one point two five for me one point five tends to be I listen to other people who talk too fast anyway but one point two five is the sweet spot but yeah the, just the godsend of like you know there's only like what one hundred sixty eight hours in a week yeah. and there's infinite pods being you know there's infinite 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 audio out there. And um, this just helps you, you know, at least make, take a crack at trying to keep up with at least some of them. Yeah. Awesome. All right, Josh, what about you? What got you started? Yeah, I, um, I 100% with Jeremy. I, I, it was something along the lines of just it. it uh, I didn't have that long of a drive to work. And I guess I should set the scene a little bit better. Um, but for the last five years... Uh, or not the previous four years, um, I, I worked at Zappos in Las Vegas and was a social marketing lead. And I really didn't live that far from work. Uh, the first place was a high rise and I was a bicycle right away. And then second place I lived, I was like maybe a 10 minute drive. And it was always a little too annoying to like move stuff from like my phone. It just, and then ended up being the most convenient form of audio for me to listen to was podcasts because I would just put it on, plug in my ear, drive to work, hop out, and just keep walking with the same, you know, content. And um, when I ended up leaving Zappos, I uh, took a bit of a sabbatical and I took six months to just like honestly do nothing after a long time of working uh, without really much of a break. The social marketing world is a little nonstop because. Holidays are actually the biggest time. whole lot of reasons. I took a long six-month sabbatical, and about four days into it, uh, I got bored. And (laughs) (laughs) I uh, had watched. I had finished everything on Netflix. Um, I was was really looking for something to do, and I would (laughs) – I mean, totally – I didn't even think of a podcast first. I would just call my friends and talk to them (laughs) and and have them totally download me on everything they've been up to, and they'd be like – you lonely? What's going on? I was like, oh, no, no, no. It's just, I've never had just time to call people and talk. So they're like, this is weird. You should be recording this or something? And I was like, oh, well, now I cannot waste my time. So I literally just kind of fell into it. I didn't have much, um, not aspirations, because as soon as I thought about it, I was like, oh, yes, I want to do that. But it, it was it really just kind of, it, it was a door that appeared and that ended, uh, I just, don't really have too much of a like a tech background but it was the easiest and like they had the lowest barrier to entry when it was thinking of like creating content and um i i love talking so it just it all kind of <laughs> it just happened in front of me and i was just like yeah all right let's do this i'm in and um yeah i am quite a few episodes in and i just loving it that's awesome um so what were the first podcasts that you found that you were listening to like when you were biking and and that sort of stuff what what shows were you enjoying oh Oh, man sorry here but josh you were biking to work in vegas yeah yeah it was a very short bike ride it was long enough that i got the exercise short enough i didn't have to change my shirt so (laughs) it's uh 
trust me, it, it's a very once you're used to it. And and I I lived there for about six years before I started biking. I promise. Um, I, I was used to it enough that I could get like, all right, I'm four blocks away. I can get there without breaking a sweat. Oh wow! And then when I would drive back, of course, I would take a much longer route to actually get exercise. By the time I got home, I was sweaty and was going to hop in the shower anyways. So it was um, it was kind of an excuse to like keep myself moving because it is very tempting to just hop in your car and drive three blocks when it's 113 out. Right. But uh, yeah, yeah, it was good. It uh, I spent a lot of time. I went on um, kind of a speaking tour when I was working at Zappos, and I spoke a bunch about social marketing and Zappos and. Uh, all that good stuff. And um, I was in front of bright lights and I really had already <laughs> figured out how not to sweat. That's a magical skill. Yeah, that was it was probably the best part about it is I can get up in front of a presentation and and I, I that nothing could make me sweat anymore except for 113 directly at my back. <laughs> so it was it was nice getting up on stage and I, you know, was already used to the warm. But um, yeah, I didn't do that for too long. I promise. <laughs> Oh, but anyways, back to your question. Yes. Um, honestly, the first one is the one that I kind of fell in love with the most, and it's uh, it's going to be most likely the answer to your next question, but uh, I have a backup anyways. Um, it, but it, it was really, how did this get made? It was, uh, it, it, it is a podcast by, um, oh, Paul Shear, Jason Manzukis, and June Diane Raphael, all uh, varying levels of awesomeness on, you know, Netflix and, and the tv and um and i think they it, all three show up in disaster artist yeah oh yeah Does that, there's a whole story that i can get into like with that one he actually interviewed um both you know, tommy wiseau and greg was like cicero and it was very 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 entertaining try to find it but um yeah. it, it was the one that really kind of dug me into like i love this art form i would go back and forth between listening to like their studio stuff and then I taught film interpretation at Western Michigan for a semester, and I've always loved film. I've just actually wrapped a film. That's why we had to push this back a little bit because I was up in Petoskey shooting a movie. And um, it was the one that was just like – it gave me the most entertainment because it was talking about entertainment and like an art form that I love, but in like a positively horrible way. Because they were literally asking the question, how did this get made? Only watching horrible movies and then just ripping them apart. And I loved it. And then whenever I wanted to build movies back up, I would listen to Doug Loves Movies, which is like a movie of trivia, and use that to sharpen my uh, sharpen my wealth of crazy movie knowledge. I've, I've heard Doug Loves Movies before, and I still have not listened, and I really need to get on that. Because every time someone talks about it, I'm like, oh, I need to listen. I need to listen. So. It's good. It really, um, it'll give you all those tidbits that like, you know, you, you, have you ever been like surprised that somebody knows something super random at a party and like a conversation? Yeah. I, that's my favorite part is I pull so many of those just out of my butt. Cause I was like, Oh, I heard this yesterday. Did you know that Titanic actually made? Yeah. So it's, it gives you good stuff like that. <laughs> I yeah. love that. Love I talk it. for a living. So any little bit that I can snag and toss back out later is right. <laughs> Very helpful. <laughs> yeah, I, I spent I spent fall of '09 going um, going back through like the entire back catalog of Doug Love's movies. Oh, it's wonderful. 
That's amazing. It's so good. Kevin, can can we ask you what your first podcast was? Yeah, of course. I know your audience might have heard this, but well, no, Jeremy, they actually have. haven't. But I'm going to give a little bit of a teaser um, because when we get to membership month in uh, with the incomparable, I will be doing a full episode where someone else will be asking me the questions. Um, yeah. but <laughs> but one of the main ones that I uh, religiously listened to was Mugglecast, um, which was a Harry Potter okay. podcast. Mm -hmm. okay. uh, and that one, I followed all of the internet. I read all the blog posts as well as the podcast. And like, cause this was back when the books were still being published and uh, oh, yeah. the movie totally started. And, oh yeah. I was, I was all Mugglecast all the time. Man, I wish I had known about podcast. I, so I, I was the same age as Harry Potter every time I'm like one of the books came out Ooh. and I grew up with it and like, but man, if I had known about podcasts back then, yeah, oof, I could have talked about that all day long. Right. And man, they're still good. Yeah. And <laughs> I, all the conventions and stuff that are around uh, it. And yeah. Oh yeah. Do you, you guys ever uh, hear the, um, uh, I think the uh, Brendan Neely's Brandon Neely's uh, Wizard People riff on the first uh, like riff slash commentary on the first Harry Potter movie. No, the no. Guy, I think it's I think it's I think it's is it Dear Wizard People, but it's very much Brandon Neely who um, I think now does China USA. I believe this is his show is he's done stuff like he did like the Professor's Brothers or like the George Washington rap. Yeah, oh, I, okay. I I have my I have my internet up too. Uh, the Wizard People, dear reader, um, dear reader. Yeah, if you ever get a chance, watch the uh, listen to that, or, or at least one of the versions that is uh, that is um, is synced up to the film, and it's 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 a lot of fun. It's it's an excellent way to experience um, one of the few awesome. good ways to experience the film. I will have to uh, look into that and check out the show notes, people. There will be a link to it, so you can experience it as well. Just sent you a link. Awesome. <laughs> all right. So Anyways, okay. All right. Good next, answer. Good answer. Next question. Uh, what made you want to actually start making podcasts? Now, Josh, you answered this a little bit. So when it comes mm -hmm. around to you, feel free to expand as you would sure. like. But Jeremy, we'll start with you. I think that what made me want to do it was the I hadn't really done anything creative. I think, yeah, I haven't really done anything like creative output in forever. Um, the attempts at trying to form a band and do it, uh, <laughs> fell flats. Um, I hadn't what, done what kind of bands, what kind of band? Sorry. I, I, I got oh, it now. It's, it, it, it was myself, um, my buddy Garrett and our, and the, the three of us were trying to play. I think at one point we, um, I played bass, uh, Garrett played guitar and we, we found a, we found a guy through the internet uh, who had moved to had moved to uh, Portland from Kentucky, and he was in it. So at one point we were trying to, you know, he, he had a drummer. So we were, at the, God, this is like summer of '05. It was a band. Of, like, I mean, at some point, it was a lot of it. We never really got past the stage of that. I just wanted to form like a band that was just effectively just a lot of like, you know, Husker dude, uh, Dinosaur Junior, um, a lot of like '80s indie rock, but pretty much, um, yeah, a lot of uh, just a lot of Husker do. And, and I just remember like practice sessions when we were trying to teach the drummer how to play the Misfits. We are Eagles there, but um, the that that wound up not going anywhere. So anyway, going back to why I got started, gone years without. I think the only creative thing I'd really done 
was, I don't know, um, iPhone photography of say <laughs> like of for a while I had like a running, I could actually put put on a pretty decent show. Like my, I had, I did a travel job for, for about four years where they sent me, um, cause I was working on, com, uh, com, it was pretty much anything that would electronics to prevent explosions in combustible dust handling. Whoa. So a lot of everything from plywood mills in Southern Quebec to a toilet paper factory in Costa Rica to a place that did a lot of like gourmet spices in Stockton to a gourmet dog food processing facility in Emporia, Kansas. So I, um, a lot of, you saw a lot of weird things, yeah. especially I would, oh, to, like, <laughs> I would go to like Du Bois, Wyoming, which is kind of like you have to fly into Jackson Hole and drive for like another hour. <laughs> that is where the world's largest jackalope museum is, wow. which I went there and I'm like, okay, this is a gold mine. I struck it and I like, took like, I shot like, I don't know, like, like 50 photos there of everything from like all the weird art to there's, there's even like a, like a, a quote unquote life-size jackalope inside <laughs> Manhattan ride and the um, the clerk took a nice little photo of me that was my LinkedIn photo forever. Oh, um, yeah, that wait, what city is this in? Because this is totally going to my memory bank forever. Uh, uh, du Bois or Dubois, Wyoming. D U B O I. Yeah, it's 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 within an hour 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 and a half of Jackson Hole. Okay, that's wow. amazing. I. But, uh, just, I'm, I'm surprised that all of Kathy's audience knows what a jackalope is. I had to literally think about it for way too long. I uh, know very well. I'm just assuming. I, and... I, well, no, I have a, a stuffed animal somewhere in my garage of a jackalope. Mm-hmm. I, I want one now. Yeah, they're pretty. So for, for those of you that may not know what a jackalope is, it is a rabbit that has... Uh, antelope ears or uh antlers and uh they are native to wyoming um they're super majestic looking creatures yeah totally honest yeah they they once wrote they once ruled the plains in great numbers yes (laughs) they just got bored and uh wandered off yes pretty much exactly yep yep for sure that's amazing so um (laughs) God, those the number of just also like I said, just the number of at one point I did a, I did an episode of my show that was just me talking to my brother over the phone and we just did ex- exchanging just like drunken work travel stories <laughs> for keep for a while he was slinging software and having to go you know you know go to, go to all these educational institutions everywhere and I would tell him about the time like the first time they ever sent me to Mobile. And I got to go check out the uh, the haunted bookshop that is in downtown Mobile, which is just an excellent place that I recommend Ooh. to everybody. Um, Mobile's an odd town. Open container laws and a lot of cool like twenties like Art Deco weirdness and a lot oh, of that's awesome uh, seafood. Anyway, and okay, any so- town that has uh, open intox is fine with me. Oh yeah, though no, they had their own. Uh, they said they, it was a weird mix. The downtown was a weird mix of Art Deco and French colonial. Because I guess, oh, I guess, interesting. Yeah, I guess, it's one of those places where it, it was Fancy definitely drunks. What's that? Oh yeah. Well, also, um, pre gentrification. Just the uh, you could definitely tell that like um, the the kind of folks who would completely you know show up and you know kind of destroy a city you know to been you know to uh, to like start you know buying up places and dumping crappy box condos they weren't there yet. Yes. Nice. 
That's the sad part. Right. Anyways. Anyway, so like, uh, so why did I get? But it's kind of, so it was like hadn't done hadn't done anything creative in forever. I had a background in like I said, I'd done college radio for for a few years, even after I graduated in Ann Arbor. So I was used to like you know putting something out in audio form and talking to people. I w- I had uh, been I had attempted to be the the local rock crit for an attempt at an all weekly paper in Ann Arbor for a couple of years before that fizzled. So I was used, so I, you know, I was used to like talking to people on a, on a recorder or, or over the air. And it was one of those things where I just realized, Hey, I want to do something. And so got a, you know, um, I think between that, but also wanted, you know, wanted to talk about stuff that I was really interested in that was just not getting covered. Um, Andy Wood, who was the host of, a another, another Ann Arbor, um, uh, an Ann Arbor, uh, that was his hometown, but he was, he hosts probably with Santa and he's a, he's kind of a comedian and, uh, in t- podcast host and whatever talked about how, like, I think definitely by the, uh, by like 20, by 2012, 2014 or so, like every sort of like, you know, a quote unquote nerd or geek podcast was only about four things that were all effectively just, you know, just a celebration of like corporate logos and fran- and you know certain kinds of genres, uh, franchises. Because yeah. he talked about how like, hey, wait a minute, you know, I was you know I was really into origami when I was growing up. How come we don't have a geek, co- geek podcast about that? And <laughs> between that and Jordan Morris making a crack on an episode of uh, Jordan Jesse Go, that you know, hey, let's let's form our own podcast where it's another like you know three guys in an apartment talking about you know the latest casting rumors for another Marvel movie. And so I wanted something that, you know, wanted to show that talking to people about like other stuff that they were really, really geeked out about, but not just standard quote unquote, like kind of like, um, like, you know, safe, you know, hyper franchise, mega corporate geek fair. Oh yeah. yeah. That everyone would want to listen to. Yeah. I get that. And then, yeah. And so it was kind of a thing where I think, uh, I thought of show. I'm like, okay, I need, a, I need a clever properly, you know, um, replacements like shoot myself on the foot type title. Yep. And so I called it giving the mic to the wrong person. Cause you know, I thought, Hey, this will be, rem- this will be memorable. And the very first episode was talking to a friend of mine who her thing was a uh, big thing was fictional depictions of paranormal investigations. Ooh. And that was summer of 2016. Yeah. So it was everything. And that, oddly enough, we recorded the very the week that stranger things dropped. So we're oh. at one point, you know, a lot of, you know, we were talking like, oh, yeah, there's also the show. Called, I think there's a show called Stranger Things that might be something. That, I don't know. We'll check <laughs> oh, out. that's, that's fine. So, um, but then, and so it was a lot of it just kind of talking to people about this kind of thing. And eventually, then as 2016 moved on, things changed. And I think by about, um, I started getting far more politically radicalized to the point where in like late 2016, after the election, and I'm like, okay, you know, um, you know, F it, I'm going full socialist. I was talking to a couple friends and we realized that we were really like, you know, all into like nerdship, but much more like leftier than like most kind of like, you know, lefty political shows were. So we started doing, a, we did another, we, I kind of changed the show to the point where uh, in like January of 2017, the we started talking more about kind of like critiquing the forms uh, that like nerd fandom online took 
but from a much more leftist po- point of view. And I think our very first, per- uh, we had a my fr- our friend Natasha on who wanted to join us as a co-host because she was a big fan into uh, like into Sherlock fandom, mm-hmm. and so she got into like the whole like John. In fact, I think it's the episode was called like the John Locke conspiracy. Yeah. And so our show, and it just kind of it went from there, where we got kind of a thing. Where it was everything from like, you know, we were talking about either stuff that we were really into. Like I think one. One episode we did was just us, you know, watch, you know, do a, did a review cast about the new, this new Star Trek show, and another one was, okay, here this is a this is a basic theory, this is a, a 101, this is why we need Medicare for all, or this is an introduction, this is what's, you know, I uh, I joined uh, Democratic Socialists of America, and I had a couple some women from DSA in here, and we did a, an episode just on here's a 101 for what socialist feminism is. Oh wow. And, so it kind of it kind of expanded. Uh, I think the the way I describe the show now is a mix of talking to people about their cultural obsessions and giving some recommendations of our own, but also mixing in just a lot of uh, a lot of like leftier podcast, uh, left leftier politics, and kind of using the cultural stuff just as a way to like help ease people in. Yeah, because it can be, especially in the world that we unfortunately live in now, it can be so overwhelming um, to just go all in hardcore. Let's talk about socialism. Let's talk about the this timeline that we are living in, and uh, having that uh, a, having a way for people to talk about something good, as well as then jump into the harder hitting what is going on with the world today type of a, a thing is that's a really good dichotomy. That's a really good balance. Yeah. And I, I got to say, I, I never really liked one without the other. And that's probably, I don't think I'm alone when you think about like the daily show and, um, Stephen Colbert Oliver. and now, yeah, John Oliver, I, you want the social, like you, you want the political aspect and you want like the, the stuff that'll make you think, you also want the comedy and you want the entertainment and you want the mainstream media. I mean, they, they match well together for a reason. And yeah. now I'm really stoked. I really wanted to go into this, not having listened to either. And it's like subtly and maybe just to myself be like, let's see if they can sell me. And yeah, I'm going to listen to both of these after this. <laughs> so good job guys. Yay. <laughs> At least you got one new follower for sure. <laughs> That's the goal. That is the goal. <laughs> All right, Josh. So is, uh, Noodling with Josh is that your first podcast that you started just because you were bored? Yeah, it it, it well yes <laughs> it really was because I was bored and it it's what's nice is that um I have so many friends and I have so many contacts that have often themselves expressed expressed interest in starting or being on a podcast that um, I try to make it as easy and low barrier to entry as possible for them and uh, it really is just <laughs> come over and. We're going to have a loose set of rules, and we're going to talk. And if there's a focus, we'll focus in on it. If not, we'll see where it goes. And um, the, I mean, if, if I have a secondary uh, purpose to the podcast, it's to then get those individuals to start their own podcasts. Because I, yes. um, there's got to be a better way to say this, but from one podcast host to another, you really try not to invite boring people on your podcast. Yeah, and um, I, there. I haven't yet, and if I did, I'm not even going to admit it because there's only so many podcasts and they can figure it out. Yeah. Um, but like at some point, I have some friends where I'm just like, they go all over the place. Would so be really, it'd be like a fun mental experience to see if I could corral them into an actual interview format show. Um, but I don't really, know a lot anything people... about that. 
whatsoever. Oh boy. No. Oh boy. <laughs> Good. I'm really glad we connected for that reason alone. If I uh this is yeah, get, this yeah, this is where co-hosts come in handy. Yes. Yeah. Oh boy. I, I mean I honestly I, I love kind of coming at it just um like the solo host for now, just just to ease people into it, because I don't I don't want them to walk in and it's really just a one on one conversation for now. For now. Yeah. But um I've changed the rules a little bit. I only have three rules when it comes to the actual podcast. Uh, the first is if we're interrupted, your phone goes off. If my phone goes off, if someone knocks on the door, um, we have to do a shot uh, just to keep <laughs> the conversation moving. And it lets us jump in somewhere deeper when we get back from the interruption. Um, if there's a topic in which you don't want to talk about, if there's like a line and it basically your safe word is Dean's French onion dip. And, um, for for two reasons. One, I wanted to say a word that I wouldn't forget. And uh, two, I want to see if I can get to the point where they sponsor me. Yeah. Just by sheer force of how many times it's been said. But however, it um kind of backfired because I have a lot of very open friends and I haven't had to use the safe word yet. So yeah. it's more just a running gag that's most likely never ever going to be used. <laughs> but one day, if it is, they'll hear it, they'll sponsor me, and I'll have free... French onion dip for life. Uh, and then my third is, uh, yeah, oh man, I would love that. And just really just the third rule is that this is your episode, so you have to share it. Um, and yeah. the, with that like, going, it's it's really, I just kind of jump right into how I know them and I kind of unwrap them and how, let them tell their story. And um, yeah, I just, there's a lot of people I know that have fun and crazy stories or they're just shy enough that I want to pull them on the mic and see, you know, what comes out. And it's, it, it's really been fun. It's yeah. really been fun. No, that sounds really great. Especially because like you said, there is such a low barrier of entry for podcasts and mm -hmm. yet they can be so overwhelming to somebody that doesn't maybe know the technical side or the audio side yeah. or any of that. And they're like, Oh, Hey, I enjoy listening to them, but yep. Oh, I could never make it. And I love the fact oh, you that you really could. Yeah, you go, you invite them into this safe space so that they can experience making a podcast on their own without necessarily having to get completely overwhelmed with all of the options that are out there. And I yeah. think that's pretty fantastic. So what is your, uh, your count for how many people have actually started podcasts after they've been on your show? Three, three out of 30. So that's I I can do better. Yeah, I can do better. I, but we're, we're harder on that. But that's a that's I, a no, pretty good and, count. And and you have to think too that like I, they do see as much time as it takes. So that's the yeah. only barrier to entry is time. Um. So if you're working a nine to five, you're doing twelve hour days, and like you also want to create a podcast, like don't get stuck in the fact that like I don't have time, I can't do it. I've listened to many a podcast that are twenty minutes long, and I love them just as much. So, yeah. like, even getting out little segments when you can, definitely, for all those listening, it, try it. It's very much worth it. Uh, and that's another reason why I try to finish and edit and upload the podcast while they're still here for the interview so they can see how really simple it is. And by edit, I mean put on my theme song and hit upload. So right. it's really simple. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that whole mindset and the whole idea behind that. So that is fantastic. And you've now sold me on yours. So well done. What? Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's, 
Oh, so see, yeah, it really, it's, it's, a, it's effectively, yeah, it's like a form of punk where the, the old line was, okay, here's a chord, here's a second, here's a third, now form a band. There we go. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's DIY. Yeah. This is, I mean, yeah, it's like, we, <laughs> it's like I, I did this through, it, you know, it helps to have done like, you know, like either like some sort of broadcasting or at least college radio. But if you don't, like, all you really need is just some basic gear that you can get, get through, oh, I don't know your local craigslist and the goodwill yep. superstore that's down on the corner of uh southeast grand in portland yes uh, you'd be surprised what you can do just as um <laughs> just as long as you understand the benefits of talking of being of just eating the mic your sound quality will probably be pretty good yeah yeah, yeah. it's it's really uh i had the benefit of uh working you know at zappos which is a subsidiary subsidiary of amazon so i worked with some really really talented like audio people and every single time they'd say something i'd be like nope dumber <laughs> explain it dumber nope explain it dumber <laughs> and i finally got to the point where i was like okay i got it i got it i'm gonna need this this and this all right i got it <laughs> so I, I it's i now whenever someone asks about one or says they want to start one like i do everything i can to like download them with all of like the super simple like the abcs of getting started i Maybe I'm gonna write a quick 26-page book on how to do that. I don't know. There you go. I'm gonna write. I'm writing this down. Yeah, as I thought about it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like a like a toddler pi like picture book, but just for a podcast. I love yeah. it. Dibs, dibs. I called it. Oh I called man. It. <laughs> I think I've had like I'm we'll kidding. see. I've had one. Well, I've had of my three co-hosts, one has started her own show that's been going on for for at least a year now. Um. Called, her show is called Meta Machina, which is her and her friends kind of get into like get into a lot, like a lot of like online fandom through, as they say, through like a feminist lens, and get really into like fan fiction and mythology and stories, and mm. go pretty deep on it. And it's a it's a lot of fun. Um, I think they did like an, a full like two or three episodes in a row, just about. Um, Oh God! What was what was Guillermo del Toro's last film? It wasn't Lady in the Water. Shape of Water. Yeah, they are in. They're all about like monster, uh, you know, uh, monster monster boyfriends and what and you know what happens. You know, getting into like a lot of like folklore about what, maybe hey maybe sometimes you do want to f the monster and that kind of a thing. So <laughs> I have um yeah I have let's see one codes uh one of my codes went. To that another co-host is now a uh, Twitch streamer, and a third he the well his his creative thing is he's in like at least one or two country bands. Oh, nice! Oh, dang, that's awesome. I I, I will say I love how easy it is to create content, and, and I remember when Amazon announced that they were going to buy Twitch, and 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 how the democratization of content creation has like I, I just. For better or for worse, I've totally lowered the bar to let everyone, you know, jump over. It's really interesting to see, like, to watch the self-starters separate themselves from those who think it's too difficult. Yeah. That's the first thing I like to see. And the second thing is, it's really easy to find good content. I know, I know this sounds backwards, that the more content there is, you know, it should be the harder to find. But the more content there is, the easier it is to find good content. Because there's not two options. There's 200 options. And I'm on the side of, i rather have... 500 channels than four because I, I like to you know find exactly what i'm feeling and i yeah. like to jump from podcast to podcast I, I love it i'm super into seeing where it goes it obviously makes the marketing a ton harder but um I, it honestly just makes you work harder 
right. If you're gonna and, if you're gonna hope to get to the point of like these big podcasts you listen to, you gotta do the legwork. Right. And it also means that you can find or create something that is exactly what you're actually interested in. Yeah. So whether it's a pen podcast where you're gonna talk about pens and paper. There are about a dozen of them out now, um, or art supplies, or talking about podcasts. Like, there's so many niches out there that you can make oh, something yeah. really amazing. And guess what? There's going to be an audience for it too, which I think is really cool. Is how how many how much of an audience is there for pretty much anything that you can put together, which I think is yeah, really and, cool. And one day Squarespace will sponsor them all. You're right. Who knows? Or Casper or yeah. Hover or any variety of, you know, as as the uh, sponsors grow, so shall the podcasts. Yeah. And then more sponsors yes. will come and then more podcasts. And so it's it's this great circle of life. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I legitimately love it. It's yeah, so it's great. A, get, get 20% off of Blue Apron with the, you know, with the code guillotine Bezos. Yeah. Now, <laughs> That's... <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite. So, what's your? I mean, I have Noodling. That that's easy enough. So, given the mic, I, Kelly, what's your like? You know, squarespace dot com slash what? Uh, I don't actually have one. Um, no, like, would you but, call it like F I Y E or like what? Yeah, friends yeah, I would. Shortly? I would call it fire. Well, all right, I love that. Yeah, that's yeah. great. <laughs> <laughs> so go to squarespace dot com slash fire. <laughs> <laughs> and if it works, yeah. we don't know whose that is. Right. We just made so many money. Woohoo! Perfect. <laughs> All right. So now that we are three hours into the podcast, let's get to the main question that this was. Podcast... I supposed to hit record yet? <laughs> funny. I'm very, very much kidding. So Fifty funny. minutes in, I would hope yeah. so. Yeah. Uh, started. <laughs> <laughs> is this a show? Um, okay, Jeremy, what is your favorite podcast and why? Okay, this uh, this one took some thought, so I'm going to do the cheating answer that at least I've heard guests use before and kind of like explain my thinking like I am a contestant on like a really badly run network, uh, uh, you know, primetime game show. <laughs> All righty. So, like, because I listen to so much and I mean, I have earbuds in my head 10 to 12 hours a day or something like that. And of all the stuff that I listen to, you know, it kind of form, it falls into several categories. There's like uh, lefty politics blog, uh, ones. There's ones on film. There's ones on philosophy. There's even a few comedy. Um, even though, like I said, even the ones that I've, uh, of folks that I know who done it. Uh, I want to do kind of, if I could, maybe like a, not like a necessarily a ranked list, but. Um, a top four list. Bring it up. A on. top four. List. Let's see. Okay, for um, uh, let's see. Top four uh, for for film. Uh, fi yes, I was into. Uh, I think I really. I think my top my top film cloud film film podcast is either like Flophouse or Dave and Jeb aren't mean, which is uh to uh Jeb Lund and Dave Roth from uh from um from Deadspin review watch and review a Hallmark movie. Uh, about in you know as they say movies for the gentlest of people um it's a lot of fun uh let's see um 
God, there's a, I was trying to like how to figure out how to edit the list down. Philosophy podcasters, a bunch of them on there, everything from like philosophy list to uh, to I learned nothing, which is where a couple of stand-ups, one tries to explain a philosophical complex to uh, concept to his friend who is not the most receptive. But I think right now, for everything that I've been trying to do uh, through audio, I think in like you know kind of attempted to be funny, culturally aware shows. I think the um, Chapel Trap House kind of blew the door open over like letting proving that lefty podcast could be a real thing. But I think the the the, the my current favorite show is the one that I actually try to share with everybody a lot. Is one's called Citations Needed. It is done by a couple, well, at least one, uh, Adam Johnson and Nima Shara. Uh, it's affiliated with with FAIR, which is Fairness and Accuracy in Reporting. And they're in t- it's kind of a, it's a political podcast, but it's much more about talking about how um, Amer- media, but mo- impo- more importantly, American media kind of covers certain topics, but also like brings a heck of a lot of like, you know, gets into like the ideology of like why they, you know, why do they cover certain topics the way they do? Um, you know, why is say uh, topics like abortion talked about in only certain terms? Um, why is, you know, why are the, are, are the, uh, editorial boards of say like the New York times or the Washington post so bad, you know, why is CNN so bad? There are deliberate reasons for that. And so, yeah, I think right, the show that I recommend to everybody is just citations needed as, uh, as like the uh, the biggest bang for your buck, and you know, and pretty critically needed right now. Speaking of citations needed, I cannot wait to see the show notes for this episode. Good luck, Kathy. Yeah, <laughs> I've got eighteen episodes worth of skills for All show right. notes, so Oof. <laughs> this is easy. I'm only on one page of my notes. We're we're doing fine. We're oh yeah. It's, it's like, yeah, whenever somebody asks me for like a thing of recommended shows or so whatever, it's like I usually send them a, like a, an annotated list of like 25 ranked by taste, you know, by uh, subgenre and uh, in, you know, minor bit of punch up for, uh, you know, if you feel like, you know, kind of like the old like record recommendation, you know, recommended if you liked. If you like that, you'll like this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like when people ask, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you. I feel like when people ask, what's your favorite movie? What's your favorite show? I Or like, what's something to watch? It's kind of like I need to know you as a person first. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why I I let this question be as open-ended as it is because it is very personal. It can be everything from what is the show that you automatically listen to as soon as you get that notification that there's a new episode out or what do you recommend whenever anyone asks what uh episode what show do you never miss an episode for uh i mean what show do you contribute financially to i mean there's so many different ways that people can take this question that it is exactly what it needs to be however you want to think of it as and yeah. that kind of makes it great mm-hmm. it's uh remind, it's, it, again i i'll i keep i keep connecting it to because uh, well, i think for the longest time i really into like a lot of like punk bands and indie rock but it's uh, Michael Lazarad's book named after a lyric from um, the Minutemen called Our Band Could Be Your Life, where um, or like you just kind of like ride or die. And it's like, you know, getting into finding finding your own band that just completely envelops you that you will, you know, that you will die for that kind of completely like, fills you up. And it's like that that can transfer to podcast, too, because it's. 
yeah. Uh, I mean, I remember listening to something local. He's no longer on the air, but there was a local uh, radio uh, radio host named of uh, in Portland, name of Rick Emerson, years ago talked about how radio in well, yeah, radio and I think anything with the, you know is like one of the most intimate mediums possible because it they are voices directly in your head. Yes. And um, yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, and you cannot get. I mean. Uh, it's like there are I can't really think of another you know film novels or you know TV or whatever but it's like there's nothing through this particular format of you know record either live or recorded conversations that you have you know you have your earbuds you have your uh, your Sony studio um, studio monitor headphones on to listen to that's you know, that you are right there I mean it reminds me of like the, the one of the uh, Podcasts I've, I've heard jokingly referred to as professional professional friend simulators. <laughs> I love like, that. Because, oh wow! Yeah, it's like because like, you check in with your friend. You know, there's plenty of shows out there. Um, like there's a you know there's a show called uh, Season of the Bitch, which is uh, a collection of women who get in. You know, of like uh, socialist feminist women who just kind of like they all Skype in together and like once a week they take a topic. And they all have they have enough like knowledge and theory that they can go to town on and it's and but it's also their rapport really comes across to each other and it's and it just just like it's just in you know they'll update you know update each other with like what's going on with their lives and whatnot and it's um like I said it's like this it's this crucial critical compelling intimate thing yeah you're letting them in yeah. I, I love that. And I mean, that's where the name of this show came from is because you are having friends hang out in your ears. And it's it's just kind of that's what I love about podcasts and podcasters and podcasting and all of that. It just makes me happy. I love that. Oh, man. I, I really, really, really feel dumb for not figuring that out until just now. <laughs> <sighs> I was just like, oh, I get it. It's snappy. I like it. And then I was just like. Oh, I don't get it. I got it now. Yeah, oh, you man. get it. Now that you hurts. get it. That hurts my soul. And <laughs> yeah. swear to God. Look up. Look, look, there's a there's a meme that's a couple years old, but it's like there's a meme of uh, it was just called like you know listening to podcasts is like, and it's like a guy. It's it's a guy sitting in front of a picture of like a people of a few people you know sitting around a table, but it's like it's like it's like he's sitting there like you know eating cereal, like you know hanging out with it, and it's like it's like a like yes. kind of. Like, pseudo social interaction oh yeah he's like literally sitting next to a photo of people having fun yeah yep yep it's a nice little meme yeah i like it uh i'll see if i can find it and link it into the show notes uh so josh tell me what is your favorite podcast and why oh man okay yeah i mean I kind of already spoiled a little bit, but How Did This Get Made is the one that I jump on the most regularly when it comes to content being updated. Paul Shear has that um, uh, lovable loser quality to him, and I mean that in the nicest way possible. If he ever, <laughs> for whatever reason, hears this, it's literally like, I don't know if it's just my vision of him is slightly spoiled because he's one of my favorite characters on this TV show. He was called The League, where he uh, plays this super dorky and it's just like always going to be a little bit spoiled for me but like I, he's he just does it how i do it. it's more just like one take all the way through and i it's entertaining every time um but i've already spoiled that one so my um you know 
bonus i just give myself i just started listening to this one called never seen it and it, it was good enough uh that i downloaded every back episode already having only listened to two or three episodes oh, wow. so i feel like that means it's going to be it's it's solid and hopefully uh i have a chance to participate on or with the show um kyle ayers is the host and he has a lot of comedian friends who um maybe haven't seen as many movies as as me and <laughs> the the point of the show is literally to he asks his comedian friends to write a scene from a movie they've never seen and it's going to be like The Shape of Water was one of them. Um, Flula Borg did an episode where he wrote what he thinks No Country for Old Men is like. And it's it's just so entirely entertaining to somebody who's seen every single one of these movies. <laughs> to just like, because you only know, like, at least I assume that they only know stuff about the movie, like, via, like, what they've heard. So, yeah. like, sometimes you can see stuff where, like, ooh, that was in the trailer. I, that's probably why that's in this retelling and... They use other comedians to like read and just walk through a scene from the movie that he wrote, having never seen it, and it's it's very very entertaining. Um, I'll keep you posted if I end up. You know, th he has a, the ability to. Uh, um, you can write your own scene and send it to him, and if it's good, he'll have a bunch of comedians write it as like a mini episode or oh, listen to it or fine. read it as a mini episode. So yeah, so I'm gonna try a couple of those, and you know, fingers crossed there. Um, but yeah, so. Sorry, my list isn't quite as long as Jeremy's, and I could go on forever. <laughs> I mean, I, it's also James Bonding, which is two guys talking about James Bond, and that's another thing where I've seen every single movie at, you know, many, many times. Um, i say the only other one that needs no plugging, that's so I'm not going to talk about it too much, but it's worth a mention from the standpoint of, like, it's one of the originals, and I don't know if it goes all the way that far back, but it's one of the ones that just, like... The quality is always super high. It's WTF with Mark Maron. It it really I don't need to, I don't need to talk about it anymore. It's already massive enough. Um, but if you haven't heard it and you like listening to podcasts and seeing what people who aren't normally on podcasts are up to, um, check that one out. And you and you want to and also a host host who really wear, wears his neuroses on his sleeve. Oh yeah, I love it. It's it just it reminds me. My favorite thing about the WTF is that I, it reminds me that I really don't need to ever hit cut. I don't ever need to hit stop. I can just keep talking. And it's, uh, it is a way to, I know you, we made the joke about the meme where you're creating a false sense of yourself um, and letting other people be friends with it. But it's really the nicest and my favorite thing about podcasts is it's one of the few forms of media in which you really, um, you either have to commit to it wholly or you just be real. So I decided to just be real yeah. on it. And Instagram, you can edit. Snapchat, you can add a filter to. Like podcasts, sure, you can edit. But, like, it's still coming 100% down to your ideas, what's coming out of your mouth, and if it's entertaining enough content to keep listeners. So those that stick around, it's like they're doing something right. And I, yeah. yeah. Anyway, I love podcasts. I feel like that's the subplot to every <laughs> one of your episodes. But Yeah, still. no, it's, it's I get true. I jazz talking about it. That and that's what that's another thing that I love about podcasters in particular is that people that are making podcasts tend to also really enjoy listening to them. And oh, yeah. even if they are not like they maybe don't have a ton of time or whatnot, they still have no problem pulling up at least one 
podcasts that they enjoy listening to. And I feel like that's that's very particular to podcasting as a genre. Um, A lot of movie makers, yeah, they enjoy watching movies, but they don't maybe love all of them or uh, band someone in a band. Yeah. They love going and seeing live music, but maybe not as much as they do now that they're doing it all the time. Uh, So there's bits and pieces that make podcasting really particular in that sense of the genre, I guess. Yeah. It's also a, a, a form of content, which I'll be totally honest, I don't revisit. So I need to find other content. Um, yes. I don't know about you. I don't really listen to my own podcast that much because I was there. <laughs> so it's kind of like, that's kind of yeah. how I look at it. Like, it's entertaining to reference. But um, if someone were to be like, oh, yeah, that thing in that podcast, I'd be like, you know, be way more specific. <laughs> <laughs> once it's been posted, that's the last time I've heard it. Yeah. yeah. I edit. I mean, I look just, just, I, I listened because I produced mine so heavily. I, um, I think I, I hear the whole thing three or four times all the way through oh, wow. just to make sure that, you know, oh, first, you know, you listen to it the first time, the right show notes and then start editing it from there. And then at some point I have, you know, listen to the, um, listen to the rough cut and then figure, you know, write notes and like, okay, I need to cut that joke. I need to add, you know, right. I'm working I'm right now. I'm in the, I've been, I've spent three weeks working on an, on a two hour, almost two hour episode on Stephen King's pet cemetery. Oh, the, wow. the movie. So it's, <laughs> Finding finding the right sound clips to put in where, and as well as you know cutting in you know cutting in the South Park references that they made about the movie too, just to add. It's just kind of it's yeah it's um I guess it's a, it's a different way of like of like pushing out the episodes. Yeah, yeah. Right. I, I love how Kathy and I are both just like Jesus Christ, that sounds like so much work. <laughs> <laughs> no, does. thank you. Yeah, no, but I bet it's that it's like that eye glazed over. Oh wow. But... <laughs> That makes it so special and very, yes, like, that's impressive. Well done. I can't wait to listen to it. And, uh, well, maybe not Pet Cemetery because I don't really do scary movies. Uh, but I'll listen to a different episode. How about that? <laughs> oh, uh, trust me. There's, uh, um, Pet Cemetery is, at this point, it is, Pet Cemetery is high camp. But um, yeah, I I I can't get through the Evil Dead series. I can't get through like I I don't do even campy scary movies are still really it's my my brain is overworks and so I get nightmares even if it's very campy. So. Especially if you're like a visual person, and then those you just have those memories so much longer. I mean, at least for me, I'm a very visual person. So once I've seen something on film, I'm just like, oh, that's stuck there forever. Yeah. Shoot. So <laughs> I I love a good scary movie, but like there's some times where afterwards I'll be like, you know what? I regret having watched that. I should not have done that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, uh, yeah I loved I just, it, but dang it. <laughs> yeah, I, that's that's the fun thing. Is like I dislike. Uh, I'm not a fan of horror films. I am a fan of horror comedy, though. Okay. Um, can I make our super shameless plug right now for something oh. that's going to come out in the future? Yeah. Go for it. Oh, sweet. Because you led me up perfectly. I actually just finished rapping on a film called Love Happens. And it's a, um, it's a romantic horror uh, in the sense of it's not a rom-com. It's a rom-horror. Uh, and I'm not exactly sure when it'll be released. But that was a perfect segue. And I literally could not. Uh, I, I, I couldn't not bring it up. I'm trying to make sure I work those in. 
those plugs in whenever I can. Yeah. Uh, where <laughs> I, can people find to get like signed up for a newsletter or? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Love Happens Film. Um, that's the username for, for all of it. Stay tuned there. Uh, it finished wrapping today. Um, and we go into editing and then film festivals. And then hopefully you'll see it on your movie screens or Netflix devices. That is super exciting. Stay tuned. It. Yay. Well, I'm so glad that I worked have... out perfectly. I know. Perfect. Good timing. I have two shows that I would recommend contacting just uh, I think would really be really interested to talk and talking with you and having you on uh, to talk about their, sh uh, your, your film. Oh yeah. Uh, Tell one me. show is, uh, is well, my coat, my hope, my coat, since it's a romantic horror is uh meta machina, which is my, uh, my co-host Nats. That's her show. They do a lot of, they get into a lot of like a lot of like horror film and also, you know, romantic aspects, but more importantly, uh, again, talking about how podcasts work, as like, you know, a group of friends. There's a show out of it's been going on for almost ten, in fact, actually over ten years, out of Cincinnati called Night of the Living Podcast, Night, which okay. was just been a group of friends who have just met to talk about horror movies and force, you know, uh, every week they have what they call straight to video Russian roulette, where one of the members is forced to watch whatever, you know, just some random god awful. Um, like straight to video movie. Oh, that's and, amazing! You know, great fun with it, and it's um, it's one of those things where like you know, you know, they've been they've been a show long enough that cast members have gotten married and had kids. Wow, oh, that's funny. And like I said, it's 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 there. They have a like a lot of like of like indie filmmakers on there too, um, and some even like some fallen like professional ones. So yeah. Well, hey, maybe uh, I might have to bug you to introduce me to your Meta Machina. Um, your podcast is working. Hooray! <laughs> I get to meet other awesome people and introduce incredible people to each other. It's, it's making kind of connections. Great. Yes, yes, I love it. I love it so much. Uh, all right, so let's hit the final bonus question now. Audience, feel free to write in with your question that you would like to, me to ask my guests. Just put it on Twitter and hashtag F-I-Y-E bonus. That's fire bonus. And maybe we'll get read out on the podcast. Uh, but the question today is from me. And it is, what is an early accomplishment that you are most proud of? Oh, man. Jeremy, you go first. <laughs> hmm. That's a good one. That's a real good one. Thank you. Hmm. Early accomplishment. So maybe it's uh, you managed to hit a home run in your little league baseball game, or my example would be uh, when I caught a fish with my bare hands um, in a river when I was camping when I was about eight. And that's the, so that's the earliest accomplishment you remember? Uh, pretty much that I was that I am very proud of. Okay. And we're talking about like the earliest in our lifespan that we can remember. Oh, yeah. It doesn't have to be the earliest, but like maybe not something that you did last week. Okay. Okay. Um, Jeremy, if you don't got one, I got a couple. I have two. One, uh, it's not exactly, it's not exactly, well, one is, one of what counts as early. The other one is not exactly early, but it happened uh, 15 years ago. Okay. Well, 
Yeah, 15 years ago. So the, the thing, the my early the early accomplishment I had was um, <laughs> winning first place in a father son bowling league with my dad when I was 12. Ooh, very so, nice. The suburbs of Flint, Michigan, and um, yeah, it was one of those things where I can remember we were. I have no idea how that happened because I can remember like other teams who were, you know, a couple people who were I thought were far better than us, but still, it's um, it somehow worked out. Even though I can remember it was, yeah, I was 12 years old. It was 1989, and we had just gotten a a, a, a Nintendo Entertainment System, so I was far more concerned about finishing the game so I could go home and like play like. <laughs> you know, um, oh, of course. To like, uh, you know, to go home and play like Link's Adventure or something. Right. Uh, Rather than you know any stupid bowling or whatever, <laughs> um, trying to think of the other, got a couple other a couple other accomplishment. Uh, I mean, this is much more like in like the radio accomplishments. Was one of the things I was that I was proud about doing was um, when I got this is like 15 years ago when I was still living in Ann Arbor. Um, I got to both I got to interview, I got to book, interview, and do sound for the late Grant Hart who uh, was a singer-songwriter, but most famously known for the other ha- the drummer and other half of Husker Du when he was out doing solo shows way back okay. in I think, All right. the aughts. I see and the connection. I, yep. I got to uh, I got to interview him for my radio show for a couple hours. And um, and then when he was came, came, you know, booked him at a show that did sound for him. And, um, yeah, that was a, uh, it was a hell of a time. And, unfortunately, he passed, I believe, from... I think he finally. I think he finally passed from cancer within the last year, uh, without without fully like making up with uh, his other bandmates. But it happens. Oh, sad. But how? Uh, what an amazing! What a, an amazing opportunity. Oh yeah. That, so cool. that was uh, yeah. I don't have all that much. I'm uh, <laughs> like I'm 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 too uh, too self-effacing to do much about uh, like prideful accomplishments but those are at least two things that i enjoyed those are pretty great that's pretty great answers all right josh very bring it on man i don't live up to that um shoot well this is a, a weird form of earliness but stick with me you'll get there um <laughs> i went to western michigan University, uh, also known as Western, um, for those you know, on the on the party side of the school, uh, but our yeah, go Broncos. Uh, our rival was Central Michigan, and um, really? pardon, really? Yeah, yeah. This, that was always, it was always like Michigan, Michigan State, Western, and Central. Those are the two biggest rivalries in in the state, at least. Eastern. Huh. Eh, no one really cared about Eastern, so they don't really have <laughs> many rivals. But um, anyways, so we, we go up to Central because the Western Central game was at a different school every year. We go up to Central. It was my freshman year, and both of my parents had gone to Central Michigan, and I was like the rebelling, and I went to their rival school. And I mean, not really. I didn't think about it until I was actually there. My dad went to Michigan State, so. You got to go to Michigan. Yeah, no, of course. Totally. Anyways, one, yeah. Um, so we uh, uh, he had told me the story once. And I had kept the photo in my pocket, but when I, I, so I was born at Western Michigan, basically. My parents were um, still going there when they had me, and um, on the 1988 composite of Sigma Pi, you know, class of 1988, um, they always had, like, a pet rock, a a couch they loved, and, and I was the little add-on to the composite my baby picture and the tie 
and I was the baby of 1988. Uh, so I had that photo in my, in my wallet for forever. And I didn't think about it literally until I'd gone there and I'd walked past the house and I was like, oh, crap, I got to go in and I got to see this. So I was rushing single pie at the time. And I go up to the door, I do the handshake, and they're like, oh, are you a single pie? And I was like, well, I'm rushing. I'm at Western. And they're like, sorry, we can't let you in. We know you're, you know, a frat brother, or you're going to be, but you're the rival school, so we, we can't, we can't. <laughs> and I was like, all right, how about this? Show me where your trophy case is. Show me the composite attached to it, and I guarantee you I can show you something crazy. And they're like, I don't know what that means, but that's interesting. So, okay. So my father told me that his class had built the trophy case um, at the, the the house. So we'd gone there and next to the school project, you know, their project, the trophy case was their composite. So I pull out my wallet and I pull out the baby picture that looks exactly like the one that's on the composite. And on the back, it has my dad's signature and he goes, you know, born you know, July 16th. And they're like, holy shit, you're the baby. And I was just like, wow, that's. <laughs> yes, yes, I am that baby. And like for one day the season parted and Western like Sigma Pi partied with Central Sigma Pi and I was like the man of the party. And it was one of those things that like freshman year was so effective that I don't remember many other early things before that. So <laughs> that's probably my earliest like really fun memory that's just going to be stuck in there till like I'm on my deathbed and I'm telling my great great grandkid of when you're you know, grandpa was a cool kid on Central's campus. <laughs> um, but they kind of like gave me this massive boost of like self-confidence that I didn't have in high school. And I just turned into a totally different person. I went from like being, you know, inside myself and like not really it just broke me out of my shell. And I've been haven't been the same since. So it's a lot due to that night. And then um, my other favorite early memory is also from freshman year in college, because, again, it was an effective year. don't remember much before that. Um, but I was m my first film. The first film I was in called Cherry. It's with Kyle Gallner, Matt, Matt Walsh, a ton of other people. I think I don't think it's on Netflix anymore. It might still be on Netflix. I don't remember. Um, but, yeah, so those are my two favorite early memories. I say early, but it wasn't that long ago, but still, those uh, are my two I'll favorite. I'll give it to you. I will give it to you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Well, was... actually, take that back. <laughs> It was a long time ago. I just went there for homecoming last weekend to relive it all. So it feels like it was just yesterday. It was more than a day. <laughs> it's been more than 365 days. So I think they, it Easy. covers the answer. I'm, I'm very oh. flexible with my rules in both in all of the questions that I ask. Okay. So very good. that works for me. Well, thank you both so much for joining me on this episode. It was a blast. Thank it you for having me. So yeah, much fun. Much. It was so great to get to know both of you. Uh, thank you so much for listening, audience. Uh, you can find us online at friendsinyourears.com or on Twitter at friendsinears. You can find Jeremy at Jeremy underscore in underscore PDX. And Josh is at Josh the Weaver. And I am at Mrs. Soup. Thank you again so much for listening, and I hope you have an absolutely incredible day. Good night. Good night. Thanks.